Amen. Thank you so much, band, for leading us in worship that exalts our Lord and all that he is. Isn't it good to remember who our God is and what he's done for us, the gospel? Uh, and so uh, how, how true are the words that we sang and, and what a blessing it is to sing them and to mean them and to have experienced them. Well, I hope that uh, you've had a good uh, transition to the new year. This is the first Sunday of 2022. Uh, so um, happy new year. Uh, you know, it just 2022 just sounds strange, doesn't it? It sounds like some kind of science fiction thing, like Star Trek or something. Um, something happens in 2023, I think. I don't know. But um, I took, uh, you know, I, I got on the internet. I chose 12 pictures from the year that sort of kind of reminds, remind us of some of the things that have happened this year. Not everything, obviously. Uh, so don't come to me after the service and say, hey, you forgot such and such, okay? There's a lot of stuff that happened, but I'm going to show you 12 because it's 12 months in a year and, and it's just to kind of reminisce and kind of remind us what we've been through together in 2021. So here's the first one. It started in January 6th of last year. It's almost a year. And there was some kind of excitement at the U.S. Capitol. Uh, and uh, people were nervous. And, and we've been talking about that all year long. People are still talking about that. That's how we started the year. Then the following month here in Texas, we had like snow apocalypse, right? All of Texas was frozen and power was out and, you know, Pipes were broken and people were without power. And while this picture is in Austin, uh, where my son lived and was stranded there for, for a couple of weeks. And we, we went through that in February. Then in March, the vaccines were available. So people began to get in line. This is a picture at, uh, on, in Houston of a parking lot there where people are in line, ready to get their vaccine, the first dose. And not too long after that, we began to see images of the Israeli-Palestinian strikes that were taking place there in the Middle East. How it breaks our heart when that kind of thing happens. And not only is property destroyed, but lives are lost. And, and it just seems senseless, and it seems to go on forever. Not long after that, we, we saw a building in Florida that collapsed, and other lives were lost. And and it was just kind of a, a strange thing that it would happen here in Florida. We see it in other parts of the world. And while it was going on in Florida, then uh, next in California, we had fires that were just devastating uh, the forest there, the woods and homes. In fact, this week, Colorado has been affected by fires and much loss has been experienced there. And it was this summer that we uh, were able to watch the 2020 Olympics. We watched the 2020 Olympics in 2021. And, uh, and it was kind of a, a, a strange experience. It was a good experience. A lot of world records that were broken and medals that were won. And then as we were finishing up our summer going into the fall, we had some visitors in, uh, across the Rio Grande uh, River uh, from Haitian descent. And so you see this picture here of people just crossing and creating a, 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 another situation uh, to respond to part of our ministry and our staff at church was responding to that and, and making sure that people had food to eat. And, and so that caught the news, uh, a lot of headlines. And then we had a hurricane that hit uh, Louisiana and really devastated homes and churches. 
I'm so thankful for people from, from this service here that went not too long ago to Huma, Louisiana, where this picture was taken to help rebuild houses, help rebuild churches, and we're so thankful for you as you did that. One of our uh, members uh, had been going this year to Afghanistan and had been doing ministry there, and then we had this whole thing where the troops uh, were evacuated from Afghanistan, the Taliban took over. Here's a picture of a baby that's being evacuated. The, the Afghanis are, are giving him to the U.S. military so they can get him on the other side of the wall where the airport is so that he can have a chance at life. I, I'm thankful that some of the Afghans that have come to the United States, like in San Antonio, have received our love through one of our families as we've delivered diapers and Bibles and food uh, for them as they settle here in San Antonio. But it's been sad to see what's going on in Afghanistan. And then uh, just a few weeks ago, the U.S. border opened to uh, Mexican nationals who could prove they were vaccinated. And so there were some great reunions of people that hadn't seen each other for 18 months or, or longer. And, uh, and there was some love uh, felt and experienced. And then we come to the end of the year, and this is the picture. We still have COVID. Omicron is here. Many people in our church have tested positive. We have some people in our church that are in the hospital, and, and COVID is still here. So it's been quite a year, as you know. I'm no, I know that you have some of your own pictures, some of your own memories of 2021. I, I know some of the big ones for me were my, the, the passing of my father, this past year, and then there were happy moments too. There was that moment when uh, we celebrated my grandson's one year of age, and not too long ago when my youngest son graduated from college uh, a couple of weeks ago, and my son-in-law as well. So there have been a lot of experiences. Some some have been difficult, some have been joyful, uh, and I know that that I hope that as you have closed 2021 the difficult things you can see God's grace at work, uh, the good things you can keep in your heart as good memories, the things that you just need to leave behind in 2021, just leave them there and don't, don't, uh, don't go back there again. One word that has been used to describe this last year and the year before has been the word tumultuous. In fact, I think it's been a little overused. But tumultuous has this connotation of of chaos, of, uh, uh, of turbulence, of storms. I, I was listening to the wind last night blowing through as, as the cold front got here to the valley and just think, I don't know what that means. But uh, it goes along with this theme of tumultuous and stormy times. Uh, that's the way 2021 was. And as we look at 2022, the prospect of it being less tumultuous, less stormy is unlikely. So the question that we must ask ourselves is, how has it affected us? How has this year changed us? Because I believe that how we end a year has much to do with how we begin. How we end in general has much to do with how we begin, how we start to build. The Sermon on the Mount that Matthew records for us ends with a very interesting teaching. 
And in it, Jesus, in this short, really imaginative, colorful story, Jesus assumes that we should expect storms in life. And I want to call your attention to Matthew chapter 20, chapter 7, rather, verse 24. Matthew 7, 24. That's our text for today. And it reads like this. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. It's a tremendous contrast. One is a house that is built on a rock and it's left standing, and the other one is a house that collapses. It, 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 it just falls apart with a great crash, it says. It's a very memorable way to to think about what Jesus has been teaching here, a house on a rock and a house on sand. I've titled the message today, Endings and Beginnings, not, not just because this is the end of the Sermon of the Mount, but also because Jesus makes a connection with the way that someone starts building and what happens at the end, the, the, the beginning and the end. And so I ask myself, and maybe you can ask yourself, when you come to the first Sunday of 2023, if Jesus doesn't come back before that, if Jesus doesn't call us home before that, if you are standing on the first Sunday of 2023, how will you find yourself? How will you be different? How will your relationship with God look like a year from now? Will you, will you find your faith stronger? Or will you find yourself further away from God? Will you find that you've grown over this next year? Or will you find yourself on a flat kind of situation? When we think of ending 2022 strong, we must start strong. And I want to invite you to do that, to start strong today. How you end 2022 will depend on how you start. In fact, that's true of life in general. So let, let's just look at a couple of things here in this short text that I think uh, could be helpful to us. The first thing I want to notice here is that everyone experiences storms. Something that, that faith is about avoiding storms. We just sang about a powerful God that there's nothing impossible to, for him and it's true. But some people think that means that if you believe that nothing wrong will happen to you, that nothing bad will ever happen to you. And that's a misunderstanding. That's a wrong theology. That's, that's not what we're saying. Just because God can do anything because there's no impossible for God doesn't mean that you won't have any problems in your life. In the last of the Beatitudes, Jesus commends disciples who suffer persecution, Matthew 5.10. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Jesus tells us he never promises a trouble-free life. Jesus never said, if you follow me, you're not going to have any problems. 
In fact, Jesus, if you follow me, you can expect some problems. You can expect some persecution. And I'm thankful for Pastor Paolo, who so eloquently talked about this last Sunday. So in this analogy of the wise man and the foolish man, Jesus is highlighting the contrast. One builds his house on the rock, and after everything that happens, the house is remain standing. The other one builds his house on the sand and after everything that happens, the house has collapsed. But the one thing that is not different between the wise man and the foolish man is the circumstances. It rains on both of them. The floods race on both of them. The winds blow on both of them equally. See, the, the storms of life affect all of us. Those, those that are wise and those that are foolish, those that are obedient and those that are disobedient. The storms of life are an effect of, of a fallen and broken world. Not, the storms of life are not necessarily rewards and punishments for particular actions that we take. A, a few weeks ago, um, my wife and I were uh, supporting our, our son uh, in Austin as he was finishing up his semester. He was working full time. He had clinicals and he had work. And, and my wife went up there to just kind of support him and help him push through. And, and so we shuffled our schedules and our traveling and, and, and made some adjustments in order to be there for him. And so uh, after I, I was here by myself for a little bit of time and she was up there, I went to pick her up. And we felt good about what had happened. And as I was picking her up in Austin, we got a phone call from my mother-in-law that my father-in-law had fallen and had broken a hip and he was going into emergency surgery. So uh, all of a sudden, my wife and I had to make a decision. Uh, and she had to really turn around instead of coming home and, and getting back to, to what she's used to, to travel up to Fort Worth where our in-laws live so that she could be with my mother-in-law and my father-in-law. He uh, had some difficulty coming out of the surgery, had to go back into ICU. A few days later when they moved him to rehab, he, he coded and, uh, and he caused quite a scare for my mother-in-law and, and the nursing staff. And so uh, my wife had to be up there to be supporting, to be at the hospital, to encourage him to, to get well and, and to do his therapy and, and, and to eat. And while she was up there and I was here by myself, I, one Sunday after preaching, I got a text from my daughter, Mia, who lives in Corpus Christi. And she said, Dad, I have to go into emergency surgery tonight. So I packed an overnight bag and, and I went to Corpus Christi and, and spent the night there at the hospital because she had just had emergency surgery. And and the one thing that we're reminded that sometimes when we think we have a plan for our lives, when we think we've, we've put things together, sometimes we just get storms. Everybody experiences storms. If you went through a storm in 2021, I want you to know you're not alone. You're not alone. If you're going through a storm right now, it's, it doesn't mean that God has forgotten you, that he has forsaken you. Maybe you're getting ready to go into a storm. That's, that's where we, all of us find ourselves. You either just went through a storm, you're in the middle of a storm, or you're about to go into a storm. That's just the way life is. Everybody experiences storms. Jesus told us so. The winds will blow. The floods will come. 
Your house will feel the effect of the storm. So be prepared. Yes, wish each other a happy new year. Yes, wish each other blessings, but also wish each other a, a preparation for the storms of life. A, a rock on which to build. Everyone experiences storms. The second thing that I notice here is that many entertain the scriptures. You know that even in our secularized society, people uh, value the scriptures. I, I can go into some retail establishments and see uh, wall decorations with Bible verses. I can find mugs and other things that have a nice scripture on them. People post them on social media and repost them and retweet them. There's some people that I kind of, I'm surprised that they quoted scripture, you know. Um, and, and so people like the Bible, even celebrities that sometimes are leading lifestyles that have nothing to do with God, sometimes quote scripture. A lot of people entertain the scriptures. Both the wise and the foolish man can quote scripture. There are many people who read God's word. There are many people who go to church. There are many people who listen to preachers and, and listen to podcasts that entertain the scriptures. But notice here that the difference has nothing to do with hearing God's word. Both the wise man, look at verse 24, it says, therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man. So the wise man hears God's word, but then look at verse 26. But everyone who hears these words of mine does not put them into practice, it's like a foolish man. So both the wise man and the foolish man hear God's word. The outcome of the house that stands and the house that collapses is not that one heard God's word and the other one didn't. Both of them have heard. As Jesus is wrapping up the Sermon of the Mount, he, he's aware that there is a large crowd listening to him. The teaching begins when the crowds come. If you go back to Matthew 5.1, where the Sermon of the Mount begins, it says, now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. He was teaching his disciples, but there was a large crowd there that were listening to Jesus. They were curious. They were interested in what he had to say. In fact, they were impressed with his teaching. They liked and loved and commented. Verse 28, at, at the very end of the Sermon on the Mount, he says, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching. They were wowed. What a rabbi. What a teacher. What a great preacher he is. And Jesus is aware of that. He's aware. He can look at the crowd. He can see how they're impressed with what he's saying. And that's why he tells them this story. Because what he's saying to them, just because you heard my words doesn't mean you're my follower. Just because you heard my words doesn't make you the wise man that builds on the rock. Just because you heard my words doesn't mean that you are a true disciple. In fact, there are those who consider themselves disciples, those that, that are very religious, and they're not necessarily in my kingdom, Jesus says. Just because you like Jesus doesn't mean you belong to Jesus. Look, look at what he says in the, in, in the passage right before our story about the wise and the foolish man. Verse 21, 
Jesus says this, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me, you evil doers. What a strong word. These are people that thought they were right, that they, that they were serving God. Lord, didn't we go to church? Didn't we go to Bible study? Didn't, didn't we uh, teach? Didn't we serve? Didn't we volunteer? Didn't we give? And Jesus says, I don't know who you are. See, many entertain the scriptures, but that's not what makes a true disciple. Many hear sermons on a regular basis, but that's not what makes them the wise man that builds on the rock. Going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than going into your garage makes you a car. Hearing God's word, just hearing God's word, does not make you a true disciple. So perhaps the, the best thing you can do to start your year is to make sure that you are not part of the crowd that just hears, but that you're part of the crowd that are children of God. That you're not just someone who goes to church, someone who does the church thing, but, but that you are truly a child of God. November and December, we, we covered the Beatitudes. Those Beatitudes are a good diagnostic tool to tell whether you're a healthy disciple. Remember them? Humble? How, how, how does that describe you? Poor in spirit? Broken? Blessed are those who mourn. Meek? Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Hungry? Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness? Merciful? Are you merciful? Pure? Are you pure in heart? Are you a peacemaker? Are you someone who has long suffering? who could suffer persecution because of righteousness and not give up. All of those eight characteristics are ways to say, is that present in my life? Because they are a diagnostic tool of you being a true disciple. You can go to church and not be a true disciple. You can do religious things and not be a true disciple. But only the Spirit of God can work that out in you. Only the Spirit of God can make you humble and can make you merciful and can make you a peacemaker that's what happens when the gospel transforms you. And that's why it's important to look at that, not just entertain the scriptures, but measure our lives by them. And then third and final, as I look at this, is few edify on submission. There's no difference between the circumstances of the wise and the foolish men. They both get storms. There's no difference between their exposure to the scriptures. They both hear God's word. The difference between the wise man and the foolish man is that the wise man puts the words into practice. The wise man hears the words of Jesus and puts them to practice. The foolish man hears the word and does not put it to practice. What Jesus is saying here is, He's saying, look, if you're going to call me Lord, then do what I say. If you trust me, then obey me. That's what it means to build your house on the rock. 
Not just to say that was a great teaching, but to obey the teaching. When you trust Jesus' words enough to put them into practice, that's what makes a difference. That's what it means to build the rock. Obedience. Obedience to Christ will allow you to build a house that will be left standing. Whatever 22 might bring, whatever 2022 might bring, at the end of it, your house will be standing if you've built your house on obedience to the works of Christ. It doesn't mean that salvation is by works. That's not what we're saying. It doesn't mean that if you do something, then, then God will love you. And that if you, if you do the right things, then you're a genuine disciple. We know that salvation is by grace and grace alone. It's a gift from God. But what it does mean is that the test of true faith is obedience. There are those who call Jesus Lord, those who say, I'm a Christian, I'm a follower of Christ, but don't do his will. Their faith is not real. It may be head consent, but it's not a trust from the heart. Those who say that they believe, but there's no evidence in their lives of that faith, it's not saving faith. Salvation is by faith and faith alone, but saving faith is a full surrender of our lives. It's trusting God fully, not just liking his posts, but practicing what he says. You know, one of the exciting things for Monica and me this year is that Daniel, our grandson, and his mommy and daddy too, are moving to the valley. So that's really cool. And we're excited about that. And, uh, and so my son-in-law begins a new job tomorrow here in McAllen. My daughter's still working in Lubbock, uh, and so she has to um, finish her job over there, and then they don't close on the house until later this week. So my son-in-law is on his way right now in a U-Haul truck, kind of working his way through the snow in Lubbock uh, down here, and we've told him, whatever you need, we'll help you. When you get here, we'll help you unload the truck. And since you don't have a house yet, you can stay with us, we told our son-in-law. And so he's on his way, and he's trusting our word. He's believing that when he gets here, someone will help him unload the truck. And he's believing that when he gets here, he'll have a place to stay. Now, he could say, you know, I know that you said you were gonna help me unload, but just in case I hire some movers. Well, I know you said that I could stay with you and Monica, but just in case I made a reservation at a hotel. And if he does that, I would say, then you don't believe me. Because if you believe me, you would act on it. When he shows up here with no hotel reservation and no movers, he'll show that he trusts my word, that we will help him. And that's what Jesus is saying. If you really trust me, then your actions will show it. You will move on it. Faith is not a passive thing. It's not just a mental consent. It is an active step of obedience toward him. The evidence of being a true disciple is obedience to Christ. That's the foundation of the Christian life. So the question for you today is, are you a true disciple? Are you building your life on the rock? Are you edifying on obedience? Will you start 2022 
on a sure foundation. We have absolutely no guarantees of what kind of year 2022 will be. Will it be better than 2021? Will it be worse? Will there be storms? Probably. The one sure thing that I can tell you today is that Jesus says, regardless of what comes to your life, if you build on the rock, your house will be left standing. When it's all said and done, like we sang today, we know that death does not have a hold on us. When it's all said and done, we know that his is the victory and we are hidden in his victory when we stand on the rock. Everyone experiences storms. Many entertain scriptures, but only few edify on submission. Will you decide, will you commit today to edify on submission to Christ? To be a true disciple who practices the words of Jesus. I want to show you a quick tool. I'm not going to elaborate on it a whole lot, but, but this is helpful uh, in discipleship to, to think about how to practice this about the wise man and the foolish man. This comes from a verse in, in, in Mark where Jesus says the time has come. The word in Greek for time could be chronos or it could be kairos. Chronos is linear time. It's the kind of time we measure with our watches. But Kairos time is a God moment. It's a moment where God intersects our reality. And a Kairos moment is when God speaks to you. And so what, what this circle helps us to know is that sometimes we're going through life and then God speaks to us. And some people will choose to go on. They hear God, but they, nothing changes. That's the foolish man. But the wise man stops and does what Jesus says when he says the good news, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent and believe. Repent is to change your mind, to reflect on what God is saying to you. The word for repent, the question for repent is, what is God saying to me? What do I need to change in my life? That's the question on that first part of the circle. And then the second part of the circle is believe. Believe is what am I gonna do about it? What is God saying to me and what am I gonna do about it? That's what repent and believe looks like. And that's the kind of thing that you can do. Now, some of you have New Year's resolutions, and that's good. I don't do New Year's resolutions because I forget them by February. And I feel guilty by the middle of January because I'm not keeping them. Because sometimes I'm trying to keep them on my own strength. So instead of a New Year's resolution, what I want to do is make a commitment to simply listen to God and obey him. Not as a list of things to do, not as something to check off, but as a relationship. He speaks to me today, he says something, I want to obey him today. Because delayed obedience is disobedience. And so I want to be obedient to him on a daily basis. And I want to make the same invitation to you, to obey Christ as a way of life this year, to listen daily, identify a step, and then be accountable. Will you, will you make that commitment? Will you say, I'm going to make a commitment to listen regularly for God's voice, to put myself in a place, whether it's a daily devotional or whether it's a sermon or a grow group where I can hear God. Second, identify a step that every time God speaks to me, I will say, this is what I'm going to do about it. And third, that you have a plan to follow through. It might be an accountability group. It might be your journal. It might be your spouse, your brother, your friend that you say, look, this is what I want God to do in my life. Pray for me. Repent and believe. Build on the rock. 
build on obedience. Would you stand with me today? Father, I thank you today for your word. I thank you for the reminder that Jesus gives us today of what it means to build our house on the rock. We know that this year that passed hasn't been easy and maybe 2022 won't be any easier. But what we do know is that we have a sure foundation, a rock on which we can build. And I pray that today, Father, we would make a commitment to build on that rock. That we won't just be hearers of the word. That we won't just be impressed with great teaching, but that we will be those that put it into practice. Father, maybe there is someone here today who's never trusted you as Savior and Lord. Maybe today, the first Sunday of 2022 is the day that they say, I surrender. I can't do this on my own. I need Jesus. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins. That he was buried. And on the third day he rose from the dead. And I surrender my life to him. I want him to be my savior, my Lord. Maybe that's what you need to do right now. Maybe your commitment is about having a daily time of listening to God and identifying a step to take and then following through, whether it's journaling or accountability. One step at a time, one brick at a time, build your house on the rock. As you continue to consider what God is calling you to do today, I want to invite you to respond. You might want to do so right there where you are. Or you might want to come to the front and kneel down. You can do so. Maybe you have a commitment card that you filled out and you want to put it in the offering plate up here or, or even place your offering here. However the Spirit is leading you to respond, I want to encourage you to do so right now. You can move from your seat. You can come to the front. There'll be some pastors up here. We'll be glad to pray with you. So you can come and we'll pray with you as we sing. And then prepare your heart for communion. We're going to take the Lord's Supper in a few moments to finish this service of the first Sunday of the year. So maybe there's a sin you need to confess or you just need to reflect on what that means. You come as the Spirit leads you.